And welcome everybody to the Lonely Tardist. Your Tardist. Your welcome everybody to the Lonely Tardist. Your journey through Time Lords and space, and often your journey through Dolly making mistakes uh, as he's trying to say words because words are not Dolly's friend. I am Dolly. That Dolly. I even messed up my name. What is going on tonight? Maybe it's just I'm I'm so flabberg uh, flabbergust. Wow, what is happening? What is going on? What do you do? You lost your mouth, and now you can't do anything. I'm so happy to have you guys on. I don't know how to contain myself. I'm Dolly Domofsky. Joining me is Sean Horton. Hey man, you all right? I don't know. I don't know. Steven Strom. Always going to remember that episode where Dolly had a stroke. Yeah. (laughs) And Marcus Beer. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh God, I love you guys. I've missed you guys. Hope, uh, hope your holidays are wonderful to all of our listeners. Uh, yeah, with the holidays, of course, scheduling is a it, it can be tougher on this time of year. And Doctor Who had to go ahead and and uh, prolong its experience its season through to right at the middle of December. So a little difficult to get everybody together, but uh, understandable. And yet here we are. To do a combined episode, we're going to talk the last two Doctor Who episodes. Uh, I think it was uh, episode 10, the finale of the Battle of Ranskor of Kolos, and then uh, the New Year's Day special, Resolution. Uh, gentlemen, it's fantastic to have you guys back. Uh, I am flustered. I know our audience is flustered, and uh, it's going to be great. We're going to talk all... All the the wonderful things about Doctor Who that we've been keeping inside and, and just looking for an outlet to to get going on. I don't really remember that first episode you're talking about. The Battle <clears throat> of Rancid and Boring. The Battle of let's let's talk about it. The Battle of Rancid. I mean, Battle of Rancid and Kringles. Oh, no, Rancid and Kringles. Rancid and Boring. Rancid and Boring. Ranscore of Colos. This entire season. I uh, let me quickly do a summary of this. Yes, so-called please. finale. Uh, that'll that'll answer ninety percent of our conversation. The TARDIS lands on Ranscor of Kolos, a planet with the psychic field that alters one's perception of reality. The Doctor provides her companions with counteracting neurobalancers. They meet uh, neurobalancers. They eat um, the king from Game of Thrones <laughs> as the uh, uh, as Paltraki who is a uh, amnesic pilot. <clears throat> his crew is starting to disappear. He has an, uh, or has disappeared. He has a specific item that um, a, a woman, Andinio, wants him to bring. They come to find out that uh, it's uh, uh, the, is it Simsha? Zimsha from. I think a, really you should not try to say any names. Just any say a bloke names. and a dude. A, the dude from the first episode that uh, that killed off Graham's beautiful, beautiful wife, um, and uh, killed off our, our hopes for a successful episode this this year. This was the big kind of closing. Oh, and the doctor rescues uh, everybody. Yada yada yada. Uh, this was the kind of closure episode. The the other slice of bread of the sandwich of the season started off with this dude who is a sort of bounty hunter uh alien bounty hunter and on earth ends with the same alien bounty hunter as he's been kind of in this not really a, not really a bounty hunter but yeah yeah treasure hunter i don't know what he was he was something he's a bookend he is in the quite literally the bookend of the season and uh that was it the doctor and then the ux who are the sort of 
um, super-powered human beings and uh, Paltraki and his crew and everybody. Um, they just It's just crazy. It's just a really, really weird. You will find like everything else this season that sounded way better on paper than it did. It totally did. That's a great place to start. Uh, this felt like I'm going to jump in and say this felt like an episode that jammed five episodes together and didn't have a single clue what episode it wanted to be. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Sure. (laughs) I don't know. It is. It It is. is. It's an instance where it, it, a two parter would not have hurt them for sure. Correct. Correct. I didn't know how to follow this episode because yes, I liked the the Simsha. Um, I believe that was Simsha. The uh, I thought he was a fantastic character from the first, and we all kind of liked the idea in that first episode of this of this creature, this alien. Uh, and and I this episode they could have they they started off in kind of a neat way, but then the whole super powered humans sort of I don't know, it just it muddied the whole thing up. And then even the the Paltraki and. Um, and the doctor and, and everything, the ux, I think, were the super arguments. It just, it's really weird. those crystal things. I don't know what's going on here, guys. The only thing I, I remember without really racking my brain about this episode is that they beat him by shooting him in the pinky toe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, and it was Graham and Ryan that beat him, right? Is that, isn't that what yep. happened? Oh, my yeah. lord. Yeah, the big bad uh, world changing, shrinking, galaxy ending guy. This is for grace, and this is for grace. Yeah, just gets okay. shot in the toe. Yep, yep. Wow. I mean, it. <laughs> Steve, Stephen, and Marcus, do you have anything else to add besides me and Sean trying to figure out this plot and trying to remember it? I started watching this the <laughs> night it broadcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you I was I was actually in the hospital at the time after a little scare, and so I had it on my iPad, and I got about twenty minutes in, and then I thought, I'm in hospital. I've got holes in my arm. I've got an oxygen uh, thingy shoved up my nose. I've got a heart monitor on. And this fucking episode is sapping my will to live. I mean, I could have gone to the morgue that night because of that episode. After 20 minutes, it was so dull. So I turned it off and I haven't been back to watch it. First time a season finale I have not completed watching. And that just sums up the shit fest that is Chris Lazy Wanker Chibnall, the guy who makes me hanker for Stephen Moffat, hanker for a Moffat tangent. Hanker wow. first for Moffat <laughs> to introduce a villain and then go off in 13 different directions and never give us an ending. But at least the, the shows were moderately entertaining. This is just, and it's not, it is not helped by the most miserable, annoying portrayal of the Doctor. Makes Christopher Eccleston feel like fucking Mr. Warmth and Joy. And look, at the beginning, I give her a chance. She started off strong. She had this perky thing to her and not perky, but I mean, you know, there was a there was an energy and it went from being the most, you know, one of the smartest people in the universe energy and I'm going to get this done despite the really fucking annoying Sheffield accent. Seriously, Sheffield, learn to speak proper English. 
just for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> I think they, they were in Sheffield like nonstop this season. It they, really got well, Sheffield is, look, Sheffield is a shittier version of Cardiff. At least Cardiff's got a bit of class about it. We've got a rugby stadium. Sheffield hasn't even got a first division football team. Both their, uh, both their teams, Wednesday United, are garbage. So, yeah, I mean, literally, it's where they filmed The Full Monty. And you saw how shit and depressing that movie was. So, anyway, um, as the season's progressed, she's just because she just is, there, there's no doctor there. There is no, there, there is, you know, we've had a couple of traces of, you know, this could be interesting. Oh, she's taking it in this direction. But much like the season, much like that perfectly encapsulated dullness that was the season finale, she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She does not know. And maybe it's because the writing has been so god-awful. I mean, if I hear the word TARDIS fam one more time, I'm going to fucking shove a Dalek up somebody's ass. It's ridiculous. It's just so dull. It's turned into one of those depressing northern soap operas with optional sci-fi thrown in. And that is not what we want. If I wanted depressing, I'd go and watch the first three seasons of, of Broadchurch. I'm sorry, there's a reason Chris Chibnall has been, you know, wrote the shit Cyberwoman episode, and he's been shit ever since. This was a miserable uh, 20 minutes, a 20 minute experience, and it perfectly summed up my, my feelings towards the season. And I am hoping now that we have this gap, because girl you know, Chibnall, I don't want to work every year on Doctor Who. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do 11 episodes. I hope he actually quits. I hope he quits and takes Jodie fucking Whittaker with him. Let's have another woman in. Let's have a better woman in. Let's have somebody who's not going to annoy the shit out of me. Let's have a, a woman of color. Let's have a one-legged one woman of, uh, of color who also happens to be a lesbian. Let's, I don't care about the diversity. We should have, you know, I'm all for it. Great. Just make sure the actor is good and the writing is good and the showrunner is not got his head up his ass. Thank you and good night. <laughs> you didn't even That's see the tough one. shooting That's part. Tough one to, to follow, actually. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, you got anything to add? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, what you I have should have to... jumped in first, mate. Sorry. No, 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 it's, it's, no, it's not that. No, I, oh, it's this whole season. I, I mean, I've said this before. I mean, I, hmm, I've said this before, but it's basically like, I don't think there's anything like one specific thing that about this season that has been extremely, extremely the thing that's dragging the entire thing down. It's instead six dozen tiny little things that I think add up to just nothing interesting at all anymore. Um, and it just wears and wears and wears and over time. I think that's the, the, the nice, the best way to put it, a bunch of little things that add up to nothing. Yeah. It's a festival of mediocrity. I mean, basically like it, like, and it, it went and over time, over every episode, you start to see the patterns uh, more and more and more. And you see the things that they are doing and the things that they are not doing, the characters that they want to focus on and the characters that they do not want to focus on. And we'll get to that more, I think, in the New Year special because I have something very specific to talk about there. But with this episode, it is – I think well, and I think one of the things – this is not something we talk about a ton on the show. We don't get into the nitty-gritty of like – the technical side of how the show was like shot and produced and stuff like that. But I just thought the direction, I don't know who actually directed this episode, but I thought it was God awful. It's so lifeless and boring. There are so many shots that just feel bizarrely com like composed with 
Uh, what, it was what uh, Jamie it? Childs, by the way. Um, okay. Jamie Childs. Uh, well, you know, maybe they've directed the better episodes of Doctor Who in the past, but this episode was just not one of them because it was the. They're just some bizarre shots. The one that like really st- like stands up to me is when what's his name Game of Thrones guy bursts into the room and destroys all the Mark Addy. Mark Addy. Uh, bursts into the room and like saves uh, Graham and Ryan and it's supposed to be like this big like aha save uh, I saved you I saved the day action moment and he blows up the place uh, like blows up the door and then the camera turns away from him as he's coming in and just shows their faces while he's talking so it's just like we're just looking at during the scene that is supposed to be like the triumphant rescue we are looking at like two people who are just staring into the camera, not doing or saying anything, and he's talking off screen. And it's just the energy of this episode is so undercut because there is some there are interesting things going on here in this episode, like the like interesting concepts with the psychic planet that is trying to screw everybody up thing, and like the the species, alien species that can rewrite reality and, and interesting stuff like that. It's happening. There's like good looking scenes and and like sets, and I think that this season of Doctor Who, we've said it before too, looks like visually like uh in a vacuum looks better than anything we've ever seen before the production values are through the roof the set design is amazing there is clearly talent at the bbc working on this show there are people who know what they're doing but none of them are in charge of anything so like that all these little tiny pieces get put together and just basically like squandered and wasted on just this like you said just mediocrity uh mediocre direction mediocre writing I like a lot of the actors just fine, but like so many of the, like, again, we'll get into it more with the New Year's thing, but Yaz has nothing to do. We came to the season finale. We had two more episodes to do anything with her. And instead we like, she is barely ever on screen. Like, and never speaks. Do you guys remember when Yaz was a police officer? Right. Well, no, do remember, I don't. Do you remember when Ryan had dyspraxia and had developmental? Hey, hey, without her, we would have never known about that cafe around the corner. Oh, that's right. Okay, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but literally, we get to this New Year's special. There's an evil alien monster on the loose killing cops in their hometown, (laughs) stealing cop cars, and at no point do we mention that she is a cop, much less address the fact that maybe she could call somebody and ask them something, or, like, maybe they could track the car. Do, do Do these police cars not have any, like, identifying markers or tracking devices or anything? Or, like, what the fuck? There are so many cops in this episode that the copiest cop person that's on this team does zero cop work. She, they never even mentioned it. They the never fake cop had more cop work than she did. What the, the fuck is going stuff. on? Yeah, she does. Like, there's more cop stuff. That, I am. I feel like I'm going insane watching this. Watching the show, and I've got way deeper problems with, well, let, with, let, with let's show, finish but. let's finish with the finale and then yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. transition into oh the- we're finished with the finale mate i think oh yeah. i think i think we're we're, we're all in agreement that <laughs> well, I, let's, let me, scrub it. let's not even give a score for this one because it was so bad let's just scrub it and move on to the new year's special i mean i, 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 I will say this let me be, before we get to that i just want to mention that the um the viewership numbers have gone have gone down as the seasons progress which is typical of a uh, Doctor Who season, um, but they've they're they're really slipping in this one. It seemed like they're really slipping in this one. You know Idiot why? You know why they're really slipping? 
because the brigade who were like, oh, yes, we're so happy we've got this particular type of doctor and it's going to be awesome. We're all over it for the first three episodes. Saw how shit it was getting and said, oh, I'm going back to never watching Doctor Who anymore because uh, it's shit. The, this episode was directed, as I mentioned, by Jamie Childs, who also directed the previous one with the sentient universe. It takes you away. Uh, Jamie also d- directed Demons of the Punjab and also directed the very first episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. So Jamie, wow. uh, so Jamie needs to be fired from the BBC <laughs> because Jamie couldn't direct traffic. That's pretty uh, good. Let me, I want to say one. I'll make this very quick, too. I just want to make like the the defining shit moment of this entire episode is the end of the episode where we get this whole spiel from the, and maybe you probably didn't even see this Marcus, but we get this whole spiel from the doctor mm-hmm. about like, Oh, we cannot kill Tim Shaw or whatever. We cannot kill like killing is bad. It's like, you kill the doctor kills people all the time <laughs> non-stop. and non stop. Like has killed how many fucking Daleks over the course of like 50 years of television. How many humans and monsters has she How many humans this? and monsters? Yeah. Like all kinds of things. And, Oh, it, we can't kill him, but it's perfectly fine to put him in this like hell prison stasis pod, which in the first episode <laughs> they, ex- they explicitly say is like being trapped in between life and death forever. And is like horrible torture. And that's perfectly fine. It's the most fucking like ludicrous, idiotic moral dilemma in the fucking history of mankind. Well, oh, it's actually very amazing. easy for them when they act like most of the show never happened before this doctor. Apparently, so this doctor not. doesn't do it. It's never been done before. Oh, and, and, and come on, look, and I noticed this for the first time in the New Year special. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, obviously, the redesign of the TARDIS with that more organic crystalline section, I thought was quite interesting. And, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I saw it in the, in the New Year's special. What's oh, yeah. with the fucking yeah. waggly fingers of those crystalline <laughs> sections that go up and down? They can't even keep sync. It's almost as if, oh, let's design this and let's, let's build it. But, oh, we can't afford the, the batteries to make sure that it actually goes in sync. So you've got this wobbly, it's literally going back to the worst days of Sylvester McCoy. I mean, they might as well film everything in a quarry in Sheffield and and just make the entire TARDIS set out of papier-mâché. The the actual look of the thing... The rest of the... Yeah. The the actual look of the thing does not bother me too much, but, like, this, I think... I I know, I definitely noticed the lack of sync, like, synchronicity as well. Like, this kind of, like, to me is just another thing that indicates that that set was not ready like we we got into the first episode of the season mm-hmm. uh and there was no glory shot of the tardis and like and even though it was like shot and directed like there should have been a glory shot and they're like wow this is amazing but we never actually see it and this we, is we finally we never get saw to the it. tardis up until yeah the, the, the new until the last episode and it still wasn't ready and so i'm wondering if like they had technical issues trying to put the you, thing you together. know why it wasn't ready because Chibnall pissed away the budget by insisting the entire crew have to relocate to goddamn Sheffield for outside <laughs> shoots. Because guess what? Doctor Who is filmed in Cardiff. Sheffield is a good couple of hundred miles away, up and down several motorways in the asshole of beyond. So Chibnall probably blew half the budget on the travel the travel issues of having to get everybody back and forth, Pay for the uh, pay for their lodgings in, in Sheffield. Blah 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 blah. Chibnall, fucking quit. So uh, let's move on to fully move on to resolution. I'm going to do a super quick summary of this of this plot. Uh, way back in the ninth century, uh, some type of uh, of alien beast showed up on Earth, 
and uh, humans had to come together. All these uh, opposing factions came together. They, I guess, freaking cut it in three parts, tried to move it around the around the Earth, and eventually, fuck? thousands of years later, uh, all the pieces very easily under ultraviolet light uh, came back to life and um, and formed a creature that, hey, uh, remember, guys, guys, there's, gonna, there's not going to be anything from Doctor Who's past in this no, no old monsters in this season. Um, surprise! It's a Dalek, and uh, it's a Dalek that latches onto humans, and um, it latches onto one of the uh, one of the workers that dug it up, apparently, and uh, body and mind controls this poor girl and builds a steampunk tank uh, body, as I think the doctor refers to it, and they no, kill it. But okay, or they don't kill it, right? They they launch it out of. Oh no! They kill the dead. They They launch it on into the sea. The doctor says anything about steampunk is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a chick. Oh, it looked. It looked totally steampunk. But I'm saying the he said the doctor referred to it. Yeah, the doctor called it a tank. Doctor didn't call it a tank. And then yeah, they shoot it into the sun, but they don't kill it because you know. The to. doctor doesn't kill people. It's it's dead. Dead. It's, no, it's, it's, they send it on a vacation. Oh, it's getting yeah, the that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm slow. That's it. That's the episode. I mean, uh, what a how? My yes. first question. My first question, and Marcus maybe can help me out here as the resident historian. Um, Pre-time war, were Daleks susceptible to uh, ancient? weaponry and a bunch of people banding up and fucking throwing a net over it and 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 killing it that's right there was a net on the on the dalek yeah i like did they get a super time war upgrade i mean in in the first episode with the daleks they literally take the the head off of a dalek and then climb inside of it and drive around in its tank for them like (laughs) they they just like grapple it so like yeah i I believe it I think I've just been ruined by new. Uh, my wife just came in and said I sound really angry today, uh, <laughs> honey. Yes, I am really angry. Uh, Liverpool were robbed this morning, and Christian uh, oh, wants to what? Um, yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about let's talk about this. I mean, first of all, kudos on creating a new strain of Dalek that's actually quite interesting. I mean, to have some sort of you know, I mean, obviously it's super Dalek. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, super yeah, amoeba Dalek apparently made of Jello that just reconstitutes when you know um i mean is does it have to be con- concentrated uv light can it not be you know i mean what happens if somebody just you know, shines a laser pointer at it from a distance or you know i mean it's this dalek has been around since the seventh century mm-hmm. apparently where did it come from because um again my understanding is that the dalek's didn't really come to Earth until uh, was it the Dalek invasion of Earth? The first uh, back in the God that was which Doctor was that? Was that Troughton? The first time we see the Daleks on Earth, and that was the initial invasion of Earth. My understanding was, and that was that was uh, you know that was like filmed in the sixties or whatever. But we you know the, I don't think the Daleks actually arrived on Earth unless this one fell out of the time war. But we're not mentioning the time war. Because apparently the time war didn't happen. 
or she something. She says it's a recon Dalek special yeah. race recon thing. That yeah, was but I mean, say, oh, this was probably and it was the one of the first to ever leave Scarrow. The uh, by the way, the uh, the Daleks uh, invade the Dalek invasion of Earth actually took place in uh, Hartnell's year, his, his second season. Oh wow. The first right. so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just look. I'm all for messing with the timeline. We're talking about a doctor, uh, a, you know, the doctor who travels through space and time can literally stick around with whatever they want to do. Sure, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Are we yeah. In I'm fine. I'm I'm like, yeah, we can, we can suspend that. this belief, right? I'm not. I'm not yeah. worried about the nitpicking of that stuff. No, I'm no, more worried fine. about yeah. the other garbage. I actually got to disconnect my headphones. Bear with me. Talk amongst yourselves. All right, yeah. So mad, you need to like stretch and fucking. <laughs> you just um, the headphones off. No, I, I'm fine. They want to add a little continuity thing that just one lone dialect, one of the first ever to leave the planet and winds up on Earth and gets buried and chopped up. What? I mean, not, not like, to mention we've had Daleks who, who like the, the episode Dalek in like season one of the revised show is like that's pretty much the whole same thing. It's just like oh, yeah. a Dalek fell out of time and whatever. We, we've seen this happen before. Like I, it's, it's I, whatever. But the Dalek reconstituted itself. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, no, I, I, I'm back. I mean. The whole thing is silly but yeah. yeah i mean if that's even if it is one of the first daleks it has powers we've not seen in a dalek before it has the you know the capable we've never seen a dalek latch on you know an actual naked dalek latch on and control somebody yeah. like that before you would think that they'd have beaten the doctor a damn sight quicker um you know several hundred thousand times over if they just said oh well guess what we're going to have this uh, you know we're going to have these things that control humans and then oh look we've got the doctor let's stick one of these fucking things on him i mean yeah but but also like we've seen the daleks have other things where we could totally say that with a with a ton of stuff we, we could, this like, is almost- this is one of the first daleks though according to what was it you know the way they, yeah. they positioned it now we're not talking about the daleks that we saw towards the end of moffat's era which is the human dalek hybrid we're not talking about those they came later in the timeline as widely acknowledged these if they are, if it is one of the first Daleks to leave Scarrow, had this superpower from the get go. So why the hell didn't they just throw a, a ton of these things at the Doctor until one stuck? Boom! That's it. Doctor's finished. Doctor Who's over. Uh, first season done. No, but we we don't like the Doctor knows what they are, right? So yeah. like presumably the Doctor has encountered these things before and beaten them, right? Like the the, the, Do- the Doctor's not like oh, I've never heard of this thing before. Like they they know about it. They know yeah, about it. She was not surprised. Mm. Well, I'm sure she's she's not surprised. And you know, the, this is when you know next season or whenever we get that, we'll be introduced to the uh, the new Cyberman upgrade of the Cybercat, <laughs> um, which is very stealthy, runs around, and can only be beaten with a ball of wool. I mean, they literally had the the Cyber Mouse or whatever in the. Uh, in the, the, the cyber, they had the Cyber Mats, yes, the Cyber Mats. <laughs> um, but but also, I, I the thing I think about this is just like I think that is Doctor Who is like. <sighs> mechanically such a silly show like that is not the thing that i want to get caught on here because there's so much there are so many bigger problems with this episode i think think doofy continuity whatever aside i think the dalek is the best thing to happen to this season i think it's the most interesting one we've had i I think it's just like a straight up old school murderous fucking rage machine that just didn't care like it existed to just kill things right and it laughed in the face of the doctor and everybody else while killing things Mm -hmm. and i thought that weird 19th century people killing it aside i thought it was probably the best that's part of the, this episode. that's the part of this that i find yeah. yeah. believing. <laughs> well I, I, I'll, I'll say this this episode reminded me a little bit of the i think it was just called dalek right yeah. that was yeah. the yeah that's, that's, what that's, 
a little bit of that one. So there, I, I like the idea of just one Dalek instead of, you know, the doctor seems to have a much more terrifying ride with one Dalek instead of like millions of Daleks invading earth. That's all. That's all I had to say. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Single Dalek stories are better than multi-Dalek oh, stories. Oh, yeah, totally. Because multiple Dalek the, stories the are... the fear all... factor, I guess I should say. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, well, because multiple Dalek stories is always just like, and we're going to have to kill 30 million of these things. So, like, it yeah. just inherently, they feel less threatening because you can you watch, mm-hmm. like, them die one by one by one. And, so, and they, they always get squishy with, like, well, sometimes Daleks' our shields are impenetrable to, to laser fire, and sometimes you can just blow them up and you know like it, it, i remember in this end of season one of this series or whatever like the doctor literally sends a bunch of people off to die by tell it by lying to them <laughs> yeah. and like eight their eye stocks and you you can focus them down or whatever and he's lying to to uh buy himself time but then later on in the you know in season four or whatever we're just shooting lasers at daleks and blowing them up and it's whatever and who cares like right that stuff has always been super ridiculous and like not and very very squishy like my problems with this episode are, and like I actually, yeah, the 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 Dalek outside of the thing, we've not seen a Dalek like just running around without its armor before. It's like a unique idea for a threat. It's it's non modulated voice is very like I thought was like a really good sounding like oh this is menacing in a way that we haven't had before. And I think actually mm-hmm. the, it becomes way less interesting once it gets its tank and it's just shooting people again. I thought it was menacing as hell. I thought one of the good things this episode yeah. did was building yeah. up that tension, like yeah. knowing that it was a Dalek that was taking over her, and as the people were interacting with her more and more, they were going to die. And the, I don't know. I thought they did a really solid job building up that sort of dread yeah. before uh, the TARDIS fam, as Marcus likes to call them, uh, figured out what was going on and tried to track it down. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think my thoughts are, they're probably a little bit more in line with you, Stephen, this time, which is crazy. I think we're, we're starting to think too much alike. Um, it, the Dalek itself wasn't wasn't the issue with this. I did I did like that sort of horror aspect. And I'm okay having a, a, an octopus or a squid, a squidipus um, da, a Dalek that can control humans. I'm fine with that. Uh, what, I, what I had issues with, and I know we talk about the production quality. And this is where I'm going to, I'm going to, nip back a little bit uh bite back a little bit and say that the production quality seems to be going down on these episodes because i feel like i've seen this same warehouse or this same outdoor scene over and i know it's because they're shooting in sheffield and there's nothing in sheffield but the same outdoor scene over and over again and it feels really human very you know current day and it's 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 an unspecial unspecial uh design however the dalek itself was super uh was was creepy as all hell which i loved i loved this kind of terrifying Dalek, and i liked the dalek way more when it was attached to lynn than it was in its shell because when it's attached to human uh you couldn't tell which human's heart was the host of this thing i mean you'd probably have a giant lump on your back but um but you couldn't tell who who the host was, which I thought it, that was. It made it more intimate. It, like the violence, yeah. the violence of the episode was yeah. like, well, and and that's part of why it was so creepy. But then also, and this is one of my bigger problems with this mm-hmm. episode in general is just like they, there is no craft to it. Like there is clearly some budget and there's some, clearly some ideas, but like mm-hmm. and like the people. I think there are some extremely talented people on the like on the set design and doing what they can with what they have on the on the prop design and on all that stuff. Uh, that are working on under like just morons. <laughs> like sure, the, yeah. the way that it, the the tension is so of of the monster is so undercut 
by the fucking musical choices in this episode. Mm, where, old so much. Oh, it's it's every time we get to the we we get Lynn Dalek Lynn uh, uh, killing mon- uh, killing people or whatever. It's this fucking butt rock. Devil May Cry sounding garbage of just like like faux action movie thing of just like yeah this is badass isn't it like this is a, this is our action scenes no my dudes like the the thing that is like interesting here is that you have this very creepy monster that is like actually doing damage to people and like hurting people and I have some issues with that that are my greater issues with the episode but for right now just like the, the there is no subtlety there is no mm-hmm. like there is no. Like, well, I, I guess the word for it is just craft. Like, it's it's that like intangible little piece that would like make it feel like it all came together cohesively. Like that the 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 set design and the monster design were being used to their full potential, but they get so undercut by like the directorial choices and the like musical choices that it just feels silly as shit. And I even swore. I've been mm-hmm. swearing this whole episode. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm sorry I had to step away. Uh, the wife's gone to the gym and the, the dog needed to go potty. So. Ah. And he's only four pounds. So, you know, he's a tiny little thing. So he's got a tiny bladder. So, um, and, um, I am not going to swear for the rest of the episode because uh, I, I need to calm down. I do swear a little bit too much. I get wound up. Um, I just want to say that, what was it? 12. Uh, 18 months ago, when Chibnall was announced and Jodie Whittaker was announced, I was vocal in my disappointment for my reasons, you know, and I had my reasons, but I was also, uh, you know, prepared to give it a go. And I wanted it to be a success because the first couple of episodes I thought had a lot of potential. It was going on an upward curve. Unfortunately, it plateaued and started a plunge. Um, I don't think Jodie Whittaker has nailed her interpretation of the Doctor. Uh, we have seen much stronger Doctors, uh, female, oh, sorry, female Time Lords, Time Ladies, uh, whatever we, I can call them now without getting abuse. Um, I was actually kind of waiting mean, for them to say it out loud in this episode too. Like they never do. Look at Missy. Look at Missy. She grew on me exponentially and became this amazing foil for the Doctor. And... That actress just nailed the part. I mean, she felt like a regeneration of the master. She mm-hmm. really nailed it. She made the part her own. She'd totally. gone, you know, gone on from the Roger Delgado, John Sim days. Uh, and when you had Sim and her on the, 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 same, the same screen, you could see that they had a common core running through them, but they ran off. If you put Jodie Whittaker in a special for the 60th and put her next to Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, etc., etc., she'd vanish because she has not created her own doctor. She doesn't, and I, I think that's not so much down to her because she is a good actress. And look, I, 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 you know, I'm giving her grief, but she's not a crap actress, but she's miscast. She, she, you know, I don't think she can perhaps execute this version of doctor because she's been hampered by piss-poor writing and piss-poor show management from Chris Chibnall, who has, she she doesn't have a chance to really shine and grow because from the get-go, the TARDIS has become party central, where, you know, it's like like watching the real world TARDIS because they've pulled in all these characters. And none of the characters, you know, aren't growing. 
So, I mean, I, Graham, Graham is the one, as, as, let, uh, just, let me finish. Yeah. Gra- Graham's been the standout companion. Um, Tosin Cole has come second. Yaz, as you said, woefully underused because she had potential. And any one or two of those three with a doctor in the TARDIS would have been much better balance and a chance to really explore because, but it had to be done gradually because you remember Amy Pond, then they introduced Rory and uh, with Matt Smith. And that was a good dynamic. The dynamic's just been off whack from the get-go. There's not enough good, good stuff to go around. The direction, uh, you know, show after show has been all over the place. The stories have just been miserable, um, you know, and it's unfortunately, I mean, there are people, there are a lot of people out there who have, you know, went into this with a negative mindset and didn't want a female doctor for the wrong reasons. For me, I was selfish because, yes, I wanted, the, uh, you know, the doctor was a, a male role model who didn't resort to shooting things. And I felt I felt that kids need to see that men can actually be leaders and smart, and uh, and especially in this day and age, and not run to the you know the gun at the best of times. But I understood why we needed the change. This has done nothing but hamper that particular cause of a different doctor, a different you know a different gender on the doctor moving forward. It's set it back. God knows how long, in my, you know, in, in my opinion, especially when you've got a packed out TARDIS, you've got miserable writing, you've got everything going back to one particular uninteresting part of the world, in, you know, uh, in, in in Sheffield, um, and it's it's just it's this season has become a triumph for those who wanted to hate it just because of the gender and because of the diversity. And that is not a good thing to have, unfortunately, in this day and age. There is there are sci-fi films that are uh, shows that are handling diversity and uh, you know in casts much better than the season of Doctor Who because they they are genuine sci-fi shows, not soap operas with some optional science fiction tagged in. And that's all I wanted to say. So I I, I want to hop in here with something, and and you're bringing up a a, a fantastic point just about about what they were trying to do with the season of Doctor Who and and had they accomplished it or not. I'm gonna, I'm playing a scene for you from I'm going to about to play a scene for you from this episode Resolution that I think sums up for me something that I thought was actually really interesting and and, and I'll I'll say that in a second. So let me hit let me hit play on this and you guys will know this is this is when uh Aaron Ryan's dad uh did, comes to pick him up to go to the coffee shop and 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 Graham sort of confronts him and they're talking about family. So let me see, make sure you can hear it. And hit play. Me and him will be a family again. Family isn't just about DNA, Aaron. Or a name. It's about what you do. And you haven't done enough. So that is, to me, that to me, you guys heard that, right? Family isn't about DNA or a name. It's about what you do, and you haven't done enough on it. Two things, Batman, in that recording. (laughs) He did (laughs) two things about that scene. One, um, it how how crazy is it that the show, the the season of Doctor Who that was supposed to be all about diversity and inclusiveness and and really stretching what the Doctor could be, the most interesting character with the most heart, in my opinion, at least, 
is the old white dude. <laughs> the one who seemed to care and seemed, in, again, from my opinion, is, is, is this old white dude that just kind of weirdly understands the universe, seems like in a way that more than Doctor was. Second, holy heck, if that whole scene didn't kind of explain my feelings towards this doctor, Jodie Whittaker, it's not just about the name, the doctor. It's not just about the DNA, your Gallifreyan. It's about what you do. And this whole season, you have done nothing. You've let this shit happen around, pardon my French, you've let shit happen around you and tried to stay out of it and yet end up killing everybody. Uh, it, it It's just strange, like, uh, it's this weird dichotomy that, that you have it's like Graham is now filling in for me. He's seeing all this stuff happen. It's, it, there's nothing happening in this show. I, I kind of want to talk about that because yeah, this yeah. ties Please. super directly into my biggest problem with both the ending of the season finale and the New Year special the, as a whole, which is that this show, and I've, I've hinted at this and, and gotten very heated about this in previous episodes of our podcast too, but the, sh- the lens of this show is constantly focused back on Graham, and I love Graham. I love pretty much right, all yeah. of the characters when they're actually doing something. But we look at this dynamic that we have right now. It's a doctor. It's a female doctor that never gets to do fucking anything because, and you know, as it's always written as basically just always standing off the sidelines and sometimes steps up and talks about stuff. But going back to Grablam, like. Okay, well, everything's good here. I'll just let you guys go about your business. Goodbye, and not actually impact this universe at all. Uh, and then we've got Ryan, who is written as a young black man whose father is a deadbeat dad, which is the fucking biggest cliche yep. for black men in the yep. history of media. And then we've got Yaz, who is the one woman of color on the show, the one main woman of color that we've had since Martha, I think, probably. No, um, we, we last season with Capaldi. Oh, right, Bill. yeah, Bill. That's right. We can, I Bill. Ju- can I just say, Bill uh, has been the best written female character in Doctor Who uh, 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 in the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. I love Bill. Bill yep. is fantastic. Yep. And uh, I mean, she ticked the diversity boxes. If you, you know, if, if, if there are boxes to be checked, yeah, she was into girls. She was a woman of color. She was young. She was independent. She took no shit from anybody. I only, I only freaking kill her. I only chafe at that. Well, sort of, but I, See, and I chafe at that. You're getting to a point now, Steve. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, the, the one thing I would say about that, look, a person is not diverse. I, I, a group is diverse. But anyway, uh, going off of all this, uh, yes, the woman of color on the show gets fucking nothing to do. So, like, the further you get from, like, deviating from the spectrum of, like, what Chibnall or, or the writing staff in general wants to write about, which, who they want to be the heart of this show, it's constantly fucking Graham. And, like I said, I like Graham, but, like, the season finale is solely based on his, like whether or not he we can save his soul. What is in, right, in this right. fucking, like f- childish way of like, well, killing is bad and everything else is perfectly fa- fair game. The fucking Batman morality bullshit. Uh, and like going back to this, when Grace dies, it's all about what Graham feels about it. Uh, when Grace dies, uh, like the the thing we center back on for Ryan is, oh, it's his deadbeat dad didn't show up for the fucking funeral, and Ryan otherwise Ryan is pretty much okay with this whole situation. And in coming into the season finale, we get uh, oh, there's this fucking scene that perfectly sums up this whole thing to me that the the whole politics of this show that they want to put front and center all the time but don't know what they're fucking saying, and it's. The part where the Wi-Fi goes down because the Dalek has taken over the (laughs) communications network of the Earth or UK or whatever. And we cut to this, like, fucking random-ass family in the middle of 
fucking nowhere. The mom like, and her two kids. The mom and her two, and the dad in the background, and the two kids, and they're like pre- presented as like, oh, I can't believe the Wi-Fi is down, mom. Like, what's going on here? Uh, we'll have to have a conversation with each other. Fuck off, my guy. Like, what the <laughs> shit are you talking about? It is the most, like, I just don't understand the kids these days with their cell phones. It was so much simpler when we didn't have all this technology. It's like, my dude, eat shit and die, you... F- <laughs> Which, for the... Okay, I'm getting way too heated there. To bring it back You're down... You're into me, Stephen. I love it. <laughs> I am. But you're, I mean, look, the, the only way it could have been worse was, oh, I can't get on Fortnite. Yes, totally. It is. Right. It, it yeah. is one thousand. If it had said that instead, I would have believed it. Absolutely. They did throw the jab at Netflix, though, because uh, they remember they they bring up Netflix because the BBC... jab. They just said even Netflix no. is down. Like, well, because because yeah. BBC pulled uh, Doctor Who and, and those contracts. Ended I don't think that. I don't think that was uh, that was okay. that was necessarily right. a jab. Um, I look. Stephen summed it up. It, it's this season has been about ticking boxes and not putting any. Meat. Any effort, Mm-mm. no effort. There's been no meat, and look, we did ha- talking of jabs, and Chibnall. You know, oh, oh, there was nothing from the old series coming back. Blah 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 blah. Um, oh, look at that! We got a smarmy woman on the phone when the doctor calls to talk about unit. Ugh. Oh, unit's gone because foreign partners have pulled the funding. Oh, yeah, all right. Yes, we know it's a, uh, everybody hates Trump. We all hate Trump as well and his bullshit tactics and blah, 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 blah. But really, I mean, that's the so. Apparently, it was a Brexit he, joke. No, no, the, the, uh, the it was it was a dab of uh, Trump and his United Nations and the UNESCO withdrawal and all this other fun stuff that he's you know he's been doing in you know in 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 my opinion i don't think you know the brexit thing i read a lot about something called tory cuts and all the austerity going on but it could be both and either way it was yeah nondescript it's just such a it took me immediately out of the episode oh it doesn't say anything yeah, I, and so so basically now unit, which you know was all over the you know all over the the globe and blah blah blah, but you know is now gone uh, because of this apparently funding cuts, um, and now so who's got their records? What's going? So they don't know who the doctor is anymore. They've never seen a Dalek, a Battle <laughs> of Canary Wharf, much any you know anybody. They I literally mean, address that like oh well when was the last <laughs> time an alien invasion happened? She she knows that an alien invasions have happened, yeah, right? <laughs> but. The, Oh, I bring back Kate I, Stewart when you can just write out the organization from the last 16 years. Also, what is it? Like, Kate Stewart is going to fucking just disappear? Well, I guess they pulled my funding, so I'm not going to be fighting aliens or whatever. You're just going to be sipping tea now. What the fuck? Of course she would be out there doing something somewhere. Like, she would be, like, she wouldn't just not give up. That's not the character at all. But but the other thing, but the, the thing about the, that cut, the cut to the family, especially too, is that is time we could have cut to Yaz's family, but the show right yeah. for the cheap fucking like I don't understand right. days pop Amen. and instead they, they had, it has no fucking interest in its own characters whatsoever. Okay, I'm gonna calm down again, but it has it no it has been... no interest in its own cast, especially the farther you deviate from the one old white guy that the show wants to focus on. Which it again, I like been, it should have been Yaz taken over by the Dalek, and that's all due respect. Yeah, yeah. The actress right. who played her part brilliantly. She was very good. Sure. It should have been Yaz. Um, it should have jumped to her. It should have taken over her. The police officer. It should have, her. Her. It should have oh, totally on it. Yeah. But nope. 
Nope. She, she did get to get random archaeologists that will she never did get to use, uh, get their contact information off screen and then tell them that she had their contact information. Um, uh, she seems to exist only to move the plot forward. And I don't even she, mean move she was the plot a glorified forward. PA. She's, she's a glorified literally, PA. she exists to reiterate the plot verbally and to remind the doctor that she's the biggest fan and they are with her no matter what. Yeah, she is almost like literally objectified in this show. Like in a way when, when people, we say objectified, we mean it largely metaphorically, uh, you know, in the more broader cultural critique sense, but she's basically a human fucking tape recorder that just basically like <laughs> takes down notes for them. Like she, she is literally, she's a quintessential PA. Oh, yeah. you go for a cup of coffee, cafe around the corner is open. You need somebody <laughs> yeah. to call yeah. one of the, the archaeologist dude so we can track him. Oh, Yaz is on the phone to him while we tr uh, while we track him. Oh, you want somebody to take down the particulars? Yeah, that's Yaz. I mean, apparently that's what police training is all about is knowing where the coffee shop is. Yaz uh, is a police yeah. officer? <laughs> she's a, uh, apparently she's just a traffic cop. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, got to this, it got to the stage uh, the, that I was actually thinking at one point through that, um, through that entire uh, um, New Year's episode that the doctor... If they hadn't cast Jodie Whittaker, Bradley Walsh would have made a great doctor. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which I never in a million years, 18 months ago, would have uh, would have considered saying because he, you know, the doctor is supposed to be this mentoring character. And, you know, especially as we stepped away from the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the cute guys in skinny suits. But, he, you know, he always has something to impart. He has something or the doctor has something to impart. Uh, sorry, trying to stay gender gender neutral on this, but there's nothing that this doctor's really imparting on any anything. You know, she contradicts herself at every turn. Um, she's not the wise one in the group. It's it, it's, it rather it, give that time to Graham. They're just always more interested in in Graham's personal struggles and Graham's personal issues and stuff like that and, and to the and to the debt like they should be they should be interested in graham because he's a part of the show and he's graham's a, real good yeah mm -hmm. he's a great character but they are interested in him to the exclusion of all else the the yeah. camera lens never leaves him in any emotional way and like we we saw early on in those first couple episodes like we were praising it for being like oh they're taking a more character driven bent to the series they're they're focusing in on people and stuff but then slowly over time you realize that like oh they are focusing in on more, more character driven thing but it's a character study of this one guy out of four <laughs> people on a show called doctor who that never cares about what the doctor has to do or say or think about anything well yeah. to to be fair they did mention that ryan had dad issues 12 hours of television ago and then they did bring the dad in unannounced in this episode and they did grind the episode to a halt every time he turned up and then they did um and then don't worry, he, he at the end, without any sort of um, way to earn it. So don't oh, worry, he, the way they resolved, remember, they needed they needed his dad because of the microwave. Well, here's here's how it works. It, 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 they're going on an adventure, and then the dad shows up with his Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah, and he's yes. like, he's like, boy, I need to talk to you. And then boy. they go out, and he's like, I'm, I'm an engineer, but I'm also a sucky father, but I want to be around now. And the boy. It's like, no, I f fuck that. You don't just get to say that. And then some Doctor Who stuff happens, and Graham's like, you should be a better dad. And the doctor's like, you suck. And then a Dalek happens to be in the TARDIS in space with all of them, 
And Ryan sees his dad about to be sucked out into space. And he's like, wait, dad, all's good now. I love you. We're, everything is great. And what they the say, fuck? And now they're super bonded again. And the end. It's so like, fucking ham-fisted. This is another thing that reinforces Stephen's point. This dad who is, you know, the black guy who is the deadbeat dad, doesn't turn up for the funeral, blah, 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 also happens to be an incredibly talented engineer. Who can <laughs> right. And what does he do when he takes his son for a cup of coffee? He tries to sell this microwave slash oven to a guy in a cafe. Are you telling me that Britain is so packed full of talented talented engineers now? They can't <laughs> move for talented engineers so, yeah. uh, because they have to turn into these wheeler dealer uh, and anybody in the UK who, uh, you know. It reminded the, me of that, yeah, that film. Out. The Will Smith film, Pursuit of Happiness, where he went around with his son everywhere and sell, selling uh, like EKG machines and stuff. Excuse me, Mr. Barista. I've come to your lovely <laughs> cafe to have a cup of tea and chat with my boy, for whom I am estranged. This is a very important and thoughtful discussion for us. So I have brought this Chekhov's gun with me in this large, cumbersome box. Would you like to buy it? I hope not, as we will be needing it later. <laughs> it's, and it, there's two things to that, too. Also, it? that will be a non-fat latte. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's there's two things that really like, rub me the wrong way about this, which are I I actually think that the, the the actor who played him I'm not I don't know who it is I think he actually has some like interesting nuance to what he is doing with that with that very fucking thin uh, amount of material he is given yeah, Daniel Adegboyega Daniel Adegboyega okay I wonder if any relationship to John Boyega but uh, okay. Um, they, uh, but the thing that he does is, well, okay. So the thing that he does in this that I think actually kind of works for me is that there is this kind of like point of pride. Like he is, he's like overly prideful in the, in these early scenes or whatever. And it's like, oh, I kind of like that, that this idea that he is coming ostensibly with his hat in his hand to come talk to his boy and like trying to get back into his life or whatever. But he also like, you can kind of see like, oh, he is kind of a shitty guy a lot of the time because like, oh, he expects respect when he does not, when he has not earned it and stuff like that. But also that in a vacuum, that would be fine, but it is also working with these, like uh, the really bad racial power dynamics that this show has been establishing over time with like, well, if he just worked a little harder, if he was just, if his worth, this black dude's worth work ethic was just a little bit better. He's smart enough, but he's just so lazy that he just wants to be a con man and find the easy way out. And if he just worked harder and, and was smarter about it, he would be on top of his game or whatever. It's like, my guy, are like it's right back to the kerblam like neoliberal bullshit things just like if you work within the system and if you just like, put your head down and are dedicated you'll get through this and this is not a problem this is a problem with the main characters of the show but and, and the new year special really really solidified this to me uh but it is also a problem that permeates the very dna of this entire season right down to the like minor characters which which is like we we see the Dalek go like rampaging through town and we you know with the exception of like the two cops like all the people that the fucking Dalek kills and takes over are people who are in positions that are oh here's this like poor guy who like runs a junkyard and is like on the margins or whatever and is like just barely holding it together by the sound of it because you know we, we get the, this like little bit of flavor that oh he is in debt and everything like that Dalek fucking murders him it's what and he's gone. The fucking uh, the second queer character we've had in the show, the the only one to ever mention the fact, like in in this season rather, 
The only one to actually out loud mention that they are queer uh, is this like one security guard dude who seems perfectly nice, whose queerness is introduced as flavor, as like this little bit of spice to mm-hmm. make you to make you care about him. Boom, he gets strangled off screen and his corpse is dragged across the floor and he's used as a fucking punchline. Uh, the but in who gets to survive and who gets to live through these episodes? It's the fucking middle management upper like well-meaning well-to-do rich people on kerblam it's the fucking or going back to demons of the punjab we get two like people of color of very of of different um religions in a english colony uh, in an episode that does not actually show us any of the colonizers uh except to mention them off screen and do they get to like live and ha- happily ever after no they have a fucking tragic death and break up and all that bullshit because and they're murdered by their own kinds like oh it's like black, oh, this black on black violence i tell you oh my goodness it's the most fucking like even the thing about like the the trump thing and i know i'm going on and on i'm sorry but i need to get this out even the even the like the trump comparison with the woman on the phone and everything like that it is such a never there's a word for these people it is never trumpers it is the people who are like well i still believe in conservative good old-fashioned pull yourself up from the bootstraps capitalism and that like everything's a meritocracy but this trump fellow is just not for me he says the quiet part loud and that's bad fuck off so um, I'm gonna I, 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 I'm gonna have to dash very shortly uh, because I have to go to the gym because I'm booked in at, uh, for a seven thirty session. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, trying to get healthy. Uh, no, no, no. I think you're totally right, and I'm just gonna throw this out there as my last contribution that for everybody who has screamed and railed against the doctor being the old white guy or the white guy or whatever for since the reboot. Russell T. Davis, with Martha and her family, wrote a black British family who were upwardly mobile, who were successful, who were loving. They may have split, uh, the husband and wife may have split up, but the sister was a successful PR uh, person. The, uh, Martha was a proper doctor who went on to be a big cheese unit. And then you look at Moffat and, you know, the, the, the Karen Gillan character, how she evolved. And then you look at Bill and how good she was. And we've had better, um, you know, gay characters in Russell T. Davis's time and in Moffat's time than we've had anything. And I know it's only one season. It's only been 10 and a half episodes or whatever the hell it was, because, you know, the full season is too hard to write. It's too tricky from this guy who's got his, you know, his box ticking, you know, erection going. But Putting into perspective what we this the the bits we've had before and look the, the seasons before uneven across the board we know that there's been plot holes we know we've poked fun at it we've got wound up at it but if you look at what he has been brought in and has said that his this mantra that he's updating Doctor Who and dragging it kicking and screaming into New Britain and blah 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 he's fucking Tony Blair. That's what this guy is. He is Tony Blair, and we are and we are about three months away from a Me Too re- re- reveal from from this guy. Or for, we find he likes putting gerbils in his bum or something, because he is just much like Tony Blair, heralded as you know the with it prime minister who turned out to be Bush and Cheney's lackey back mm-hmm. in the day. And this is this is the way we're going. We are going to go, and it does. Make me real, uh, make me realize that yes, we've criticized Moffat deservedly so. We criticize some of the Russell T. Davis stuff deservedly so. Russell T. Davis knew how to balance sci fi and kitchen sink drama. The families, the working class families he brought in, were not played for laughs, they weren't 
ridiculously stupid. They weren't stereotypical in a, in in those ways. And you look at the, the 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 families of color that we met along the way, in you know in Doctor Who and in Torchwood, where the female characters were strong and the families of color were strong and the LGBTQ characters were strong. We've had those in Doctor Who. It's been the main guy that everybody's railed at because they've looked at it as a this this white guy who is saving the universe. And we've they've and now everybody's got what they've wanted, and what they've wanted has turned out to be a total friggin' disaster. Because they're they're just not interested in writing that story. They they uh, they took that. I don't think they have the skill set to do it. I really don't think Chibnall has the skill set to do it. I think in the hands of a better writer, with um, everything w- w- would be X amount better. Mm-hmm. I think um, if they pared down the the crew in the TARDIS, Jodie Whittaker would have a chance to to blossom. Uh, because, like I said, she is a, she is a good actress. I'm sure in, you know she has a take on the Doctor that she could actually execute very well. You don't go from a great actress in you know in another se- series into somebody who's you know can't deliver this time this this Time Lord character. Um, so, in the, it, it all comes down to Chibnall. Chibnall has been the worst thing for for Doctor Who. He's got the he's he, he's basically made it, uh, it's the neoliberal thing that, that you mentioned. He's taking Doctor Who so far to the left that he's feeding into the hatred and the the disgust of everybody else. It's it's like those super left memes where, you know, oh yes, I am, a, you know, I vote, I would have voted for, it's like um, uh, Get Out. Yeah, it's the, well, it's, the, yeah, it's the centrist shit, bullshit. It's like the, it's, it's being the, a quote-unquote liberal without actually, be, like, believing in any pu- like progressive policies it's the justin trudeau it's the macron it's oh barack obama it's uh, hillary clinton like it's it's not in my backyard liberalism mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's fucking garbage and like uh, let me this is the last thing i will say this episode because i've already talked way too much i know first female doctor in the history of the show it's another fucking 50 60 year old white dude running the show first first female doctor who uh like show ever bring in a female showrunner to come like to come write the show and stuff like that because she would probably be more interested in focusing on that character and her strengths and stuff like that instead of just focusing on the same old bullshit and bringing in everything else as like to tick boxes as you said earlier and having no interest and no skill and and no like no previous experience with like what those characters might talk like or set or be interested in or think about just bringing a better a better showrunner i don't think yeah look and again we've criticized moffat rtd and all those guys you know uh those you know the, the people associated with him down the years but they have written really strong female characters sure they have written really strong people of color the color they have written really strong lgbtq uh characters the one guy who was supposed to come in and do this, or the one person, fucked it up, and has, has continued to to fuck it up since you know, demons of the Punjab. Um, you you and, can uh, certainly write good characters of any of any stripe if you are if you're skilled yeah. enough and interested. If you're enough. a good writer and you have enough, you've had enough life experience. But but uh, well, all I'm saying is that like. <sighs> There are like on on average, you are probably going to find people like people write what they know and people write what they what they think they know. And a lot of the time you're going to make people are going to make assumptions like more often on average about like how certain people are or they're going to lean certain ways. So if you're going to 
put that character as the center of the, the absolute center of the show for the first time ever. Maybe it's like, I think like very likely it would have been better if they had had a writer on who knew about that stuff. Like think about one of the best episodes. I'm going to disagree with you because if you look at the credits, the writing for this season, they said they've had more female writers than ever before. They've had more female directors and it's long overdue that they have these, but I think that they are hiring people just on their gender or who Chibnall knows, uh, as opposed to any talent. Look, look at the look at the writing credits for the season. Sure, the no, credits. certainly, but but as you say, all like you say this all the time. When at the end of the day, it all comes back to the showrunner. It's it, it was always Moffat. It's always Chibnall in the in this case. And look at the be- one of the best episodes of the season. Rosa was written by a black woman. Absolutely. Look, absolutely. absolutely. I'm just saying that again. It's one of those things that you. We uh, that he's taken it so far in one direction that he's basically prioritized, um, you know, the, the 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 box checking over the actual talent. Yes, the Rosa episode, one of the best episodes since the show's been re- actually one of the best episodes ever of Doctor Who, and and that was the one that gave me hope that this season was going to press on and was going to be something spectacular. Unfortunately, that was the watershed, the false dawn. Since then, it's gone tits up. Can I ask one? Am I muted? I'm not muted. Oh, you're, I'm, not, you're I'm gonna ask one one question. First of all, hi Sean. Hey, sorry. I, sorry. I, I you're, you're, you're fighting a cold as well, and you yeah. can't oh, no, even rail against the. the, the, I, the I wanted to throw this one last question out there before we shut down here. And Marcus, I know you have to go as well. Um, Doctor Who this season has received so much praise from from any number of outlets. How the hell are us four, like, do we have it completely wrong? <laughs> look at the outlets, look at the outlets, and look at the age of the people uh, writing. I mean, for a start, the Gizmo, uh, the, you know, the, the, the IO9 guys. IO9 is basically a bunch of fucking bloggers who know fuck all, who really have no life experience. Most fucked up thing you've ever said about IO9. I like IO9. <laughs> I used to look, I used to like IO9 a lot. But when you start, and look, I mean, this is coming, and, and Stephen will know this that the industry, the journalistic industry, is grinding to a halt because those with experience, those with skills, those with knowledge are being shunted to one side because they are more expensive and are being replaced with the cheaper writers who are, you know, just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And you look at the io9 coverage and it's been fucking atrocious. And then you look at the guardian in the UK who have been happy to tweet, uh, to, to change, uh, to, to, to yell how fantastic this season is. And the guardian is a paper I read every day. It's a liberal paper, but they take it to the extreme and continue to shower praise because it ticks the boxes for them. And I am, I'm a, filthy fucking socialist i don't believe in discriminating against anybody based on color or gender or you know uh sexual orientation or anything like that i only discriminate against nazis <laughs> those are the people i discriminate against anybody who's right wing or far right wing those are the ones i discriminate against because they hate everybody they, they hate everybody else those are the only fuckers i hate and so Go on. No, 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 I'm just just full circle back to uh back to the Doctor Who thing. I, it's, I don't know, Sean. What what what's your thought on this? <laughs> Are we so um, wrong? <laughs> no, that's fucking no. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> not 
Um, I think uh, I think you're seeing. I, I think that to your point, there's there's a higher critic score for a lot of this stuff, which is whatever. I mean, good for them if they're enjoying it. Um, I, but if you look at the the sort of salt of the earth, for lack of a better term, uh, viewer ratings and feedback, it's a much 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 more mixed bag, trending negative. Um, and I feel like a lot of those views are in line with our own, where we were excited at the beginning of the season and it's kind of been trending downward and now we're all just kind of bored and disappointed or in Marcus's yeah. case, so angry he had to take his dog outside. Um, no, my dog had to pee. I didn't want him to pee on the, uh, pee on the way. Yeah. Like, you, so angry like, Marcus almost died in to, hospital. Right. They, um, the show almost killed him in his hospital bed. It was well, the season finale almost killed me. Boring. <laughs> um, and that's the problem. And then that's the problem is yeah. they've got this amazing visual effects team, this amazing design team. And I know Marcus has to leave in a second. Um, it, 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 the show running, I assume, because all the buck stops at the top, is just bland, boring, and sometimes bad. And I, I just never get the sense that they really get the doctor and, and this character. Yeah. And, um, and that's not to say I'm because some people out there whine and moan. Oh, it's too politically correct. It's trying. To, it's too politics. <laughs> well, that's bullshit because that's the show. The problem is the writing is bad. It, it the writing goes from bad to just that, with the exception of like one or two episodes here and there, boring at best. And we see it here in the resolution episode, and we see it in the finale. None of these things really add up to make a really compelling experience that we want to tune into every week and that we're excited to watch. None of it yeah. makes it something that. We felt in the past with previous doctors, Moffat, for all of his terribleness, you know, he had some good parts. And, and overall, this show was exciting to watch it or at least tune in every week to hope that it would go back to early Moffat. You know what I mean? Like this this season has just consistently trended middle to down. We were just, kind of, we were just waiting for this season to end is what was happening. I had so, no interest. Like I just uh, let me do, let me just sum up one one observation or one, one, one little anecdote. I'm yep. sitting in my hospital bed. I am watching this show and I am so depressed by it. I turn it off. 20 minutes later, a nurse walks in to tell me that they think I'm going to have to prep for a heart bypass. And that still wasn't the most depressing experience <laughs> of the day. For me. And on that bombshell, I'm off to get fit. I have to lose some more weight. I love you guys. I love Thank all the fans. And here, and we, I think we just need to go next for the rest of this year. We need to record regularly and just start watching. Old school who? Well, thankfully, this, that's the final point I was going to get at. Starting tomorrow or today, if you're watching it on Twitch, they are replaying the entire run of old school who, starting with the William Hartnell years, as they did last year in 2018. So hop onto Twitch. Um, be sure to watch the entire run. It's going to be over several weeks, I believe. It starts uh, on January 4th. Um, as for us, gentlemen, thank you. Marcus had to take off, obviously. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, close the doors on the ship for this season of Doctor Who, at least. And we'll, we will chat more uh, as it's going forward. Listeners, I want to get your thoughts on this. And we talked about doing a user or a listener episode or reader episode or viewer episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think this was important. I think it'd be a lot of fun to do. We, we were throwing out a lot of questions and then answers and reading a lot of comments and feedback throughout the season. We sort of ground that to halt because it was a little bit all over the place. But I think this is a good one for uh, a, 
what were your thoughts and feelings for this for this season? Was it successful? Was it not? Did you like it? Did you not? What were some of the highs and lows? Let us know. Tweet at us at Lonely Tardis, or hop onto the Facebook page, uh, or even go to the website, the Lonely. Or I think it's just LonelyTardis.com. Leave a comment on any of the uh, episode posts. I do check them, um, and let us know how, how you feel because really want to understand what. Uh, What's going through your guys's your guys's thoughts on this season as well? Uh, going forward, yes. To Marcus's point, it'd be great to get into some of the more classic Who. We're going to have a a year off of of regular Doctor Who. Um, they haven't mentioned if there's going to be a, a Christmas episode next season or later this year or not. But um, I'm, I'm not holding my breath uh, to be honest. Um, other than that, do you guys have anything else on your mind before we? Uh, before we launch back in through the time warp tunnel. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll just be nice to get back and record in 2036 when there's new Doctor Who to watch. <laughs> I just hope it gets better. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, by no means is it, a, is it a terrible show. You know, I'm not, I'm not hate watching Doctor Who. Um, it's just kind of boring. It, you know, there's, there's, we've waited this entire season for Jody and, and Jimmy to show us what this doctor is all about. And I think right now what I've gotten isn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. And, and people always say there's some doctors that, that just aren't for them. That hadn't happened really to me, you know, with Eccleston, Tennant, Smith and Capaldi. Um, Tennant, of course, and then Capaldi. Oh my God. Um, this is just a whimsical, carefree, morally fucking confusing doctor who i i don't know there's no gravitas there's no there's no standout epic moments you know if i think back on this season there's no big speech there's no grandiose sort of uh showdowns there's no anger there's no nothing that makes me think about it what i think about instead is the fact that there were a handful of standout episodes and a handful was maybe generous Mm -hmm. um like Rosa, like parts of Demons of the Punjab, like parts of Kerblam. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and somebody else wrote that this might be the first Doctor we've seen since the reboot where there's no internal conflict there. Um, sure, yeah. And maybe that shows, but I, I don't know. It, she just does not feel like this ancient being, this wise beyond everybody else in the universe, this... With great power comes great responsibility. This don't piss me off because I'm really nice, but I will fuck you up entity. Um, And again, she didn't have to be that all of the time. But for somebody who is very clearly channeling parts of Tennant and Smith, it it just feels off to me. And I think that combined with the writing, combined with the rushed endings, combined with the characters underdeveloped because there's too many of them not served by the good writing – or I'm sorry, the bad writing. It just winds up being a lackluster season of who um and that's a damn shame that is a damn shame because this was the freshest start ever and they're doing things they've never done before and instead of being excited to see where it goes and excited for the finale and excited for the the holiday episode i've just been left kind of dull and disappointed and, you know, I, I, this is the first season my fiance watches with me, and we're going back through the older episodes. And mm-hmm. I am so much more excited for her to see Peak Tenet and Ben oh, Smith. God, yes. And then, oh, God, Capaldi. Um, 
than I am. Like we we watch these episodes together, and and it's not like oh, like if she's not around, then I watch it without her. She's not like oh, I really want to watch that. It's just like eh. And we watch Resolution, and she's just like, listen, I don't I don't want to crap on this show, but I I felt nothing after that episode. Like I just don't I don't care. <laughs> and she's a new viewer. Like she this is the stuff that should have brought her in and hooked her. You know what I mean? As a new doctor, as a new fan, as a new everything. And she's just like, it's just, I don't, it, that was kind of, it was long. And and then the dad scenes were weird and it was boring and it dragged this out. But like that part was kind of cool. And, and I, I don't know, it was just kind of there. And, and I think that sums it up. You know, I, when, when the best episode of the season or one of the best episodes of the season is a plotting half good, half bad Dalek centric episode, <laughs> the bar is just so low. Yeah. It's just yeah. low. And I don't know. I, I, it's whatever. Uh, it, it, it might just wind up being that this era of whimsy and, and on the nose fucking dialogue and, and reiteration of, of points and questionable, <laughs> questionable decisions by this doctor. It might ultimately not be for me. Um, and it might be that I just need to change my perspective and, and appreciate it less as a hardcore who fan and more just maybe as a reviewer of television. I don't know. But we'll see. We get the year off, which, you know, will be a nice little palate cleanser to try to watch some of the old stuff, you know, the, or at least the older New Who stuff, as I say, because, oh, my God, it's it's been 13 years, guys. It's been 13 wow, years. Wow, I know, I know. Um, I'll be rewatching that 50th anniversary episode. I have no real desire. I, I, you know, I'll try maybe to see the year, how these episodes hold up. Um, but I have no real desire to rewatch any of this stuff Neither for, do for I. the most part. And that has never happened before. So it just ties in everything I said. I have been left disappointed by this season i don't even know what i would rate it maybe a two and a half out of five if we're doing ratings um, <laughs> the most mediocre number possible yeah it's in the middle it's just you know it, they they cast good people and they gave them mm-hmm. shit they cast good people and and they cast yaz literally to be there nine out of the ten episodes you know and the episode with her family i could i could barely remember her family mm-hmm. and then they're never mentioned again and her being a police officer is never mentioned again and ryan having dyspraxia is mentioned once in the finale or the the special or i don't know and there's all these rare moments like in the finale when when graham confronts the doctor and he's just like i'm going to i'm going to fuck this guy up because he took away my wife and she's like well then you can't ride with me and he's like i don't care <laughs> And then that's it. And then he goes and does his thing. And then he does and he shoots him in the toe or whatever. Or like when she finally confronts the Dalek and like there's these subtle hints, subtle, subtle hints, as opposed to what should have just been this furious rage, fear Mm -hmm. machine of a a doctor. And then she asks it to leave. (laughs) Like she asks it to just like, I'm telling you, just go. Like give it up and go. Give it up, go. Ignoring so much about who she's talking to and, and getting so much wrong about the dynamic and the approach and the 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 the, the entire thing that between a Dalek and the doctor. And it's just it's just all this stuff that leaves me just tired. Tired and, and disappointed and well, just I don't know. Even even that play even that direction that they try to take it is undercut by the fact that like it's played as gag, because like this episode had no fucking idea what tone it wanted to take, yeah. which is that like we're going to reference the old Doctor Who stuff of like, ah, I gave you your chance and now you've wait- you've squandered your chance to leave, so I will kill you, uh, because I have to. And but whereas here it's like, oh, she references that by saying like turning around to them and saying, like, yeah, you all heard of me give it a uh, give it a chance to leave, right? It's like, yep, okay, good. I just wanted to use that as an excuse to because I really want to kill this thing. Uh, and that that is played for laughs, and then 
also undercuts like we go from one episode where she's like no killing whatsoever to an episode where she's like actually yes i want i really want to kill this fucking thing <laughs> it's just like and then and the they try season to... of no killing whatsoever except when they're like giant spiders or except when she leaves the bombs and the guy to blow up on his own or except like yeah it's it's, it's just, the fucking batman like just I, i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you it's like it's drawing this like just puerile line at death at least this batman's thing. consistent no, <laughs> uh, if we're especially if we're talking movie Batman, Batman strapped a bomb to a man's chest and pushed him down a well once. But uh, well, Burton Batman is very different than. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, sure. anyway, yeah, sure. anyway, anyway, no, and and it's just it's just anyway. it's just disappointing, and it's it's a whole season of this stuff, right? It's a whole season of like. Like, ah, you can't kill that spider. How dare you kill it? And I'm going to leave it in the room to starve. Or it's it's all the weird shit with the, with the Daleks. It's, or... it's, 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 you sum it up best. Uh, I, we do really yeah. have to end this, but I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I can't kill it, but I'll leave it in the room to starve. I can't kill it, but I'll put it in a place that's worse than being alive or dead in a stasis chamber. I can't kill it, but I'll shoot it out to the sun. I, I have can't a time kill machine, it, but I can't, can't save you while you're about to blow yourself up. Um, oh my lord we're opening a vacuum into space and this is a show and this will be the last point I make this is a show where they could make really 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 cool really like heavy plot decisions or 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 even simple ones like we were saying like have Yaz be be taken over and then have to deal with that or have Ryan's dad maybe die or have Graham be the one that they have to save and Ryan's dad has to team up and then they all bond and start building off of that like Like or there is no craft. There is no. There craft. is no craft. I'd rather. I'd rather be up. I'd rather be extremely upset and bummed at at a horrible episode like we had uh, several times with the Capaldi era, yeah. than than living through um, check the box mediocrity. It's like okay, we let's just do this and get it done. And yeah, it's fine. It's not going to hurt anybody, but it's going to be that consistent two point five that you know is going to be a two point five. So why bother watching? And the 2.5 is not – that 2.5 is not coming from the writing on down. Correct. It's coming from the people who clearly put a lot of time in making yes. these sets, making these yeah. monster designs. The sniper bots who are fucking yeah. worthless yeah. in the plot look cool, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like the Dalek design looks and sounds pretty cool. I like, that. I like the steampunk Dalek. It was kind of cool. Like uh, there's some good there's some good stuff in here, but it's being done by the people who are yes. at the bottom rungs who are not getting any of the credit for anything, and the people at the top are making these. They have the action figures. They were given a set of toys <laughs> to play with, and they just move them around without actually thinking. Sean, in those last forty five seconds you were just talking, you came up with four or five different better scenarios that would have had more pathos to them than yep. anything that they did in that entire episode. Like the, the idea of like, oh, Graham and, or, or uh, uh, Aaron and uh, Ryan working together to grab uh, Graham and keep him inside the TARDIS and like uh, have it like Aaron having to get over his weird inferiority complex about like uh, Ryan calling Graham Gramps and, so, and stuff like that. Like they could have done something like that. Instead, it's just this completely facile fucking like, oh, we're, we're good now because you almost got sucked out of an airlock. What the? Can we talk about the biggest crime? I think, um, is that they've made the doctor inept. She makes mistakes and she does questionable things that other doctors would have just scoffed at. And I mean, <coughs> excuse me, she brought a fucking Dalek into the TARDIS, and well, that was to kill it. That was that she was playing. And then the Dalek to, like to oh, kill look it. Where I am? Oh, come on! Like it's just these are the kind of things though that they build up and they build up and they build up, and as so, you 
as you like list them out, you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, well, yeah, she never, she never has the, the like I said, the, the lens is never focused on her. It's never interested in her interiority or her like opinions on anything. The one time we get any kind of opinion out of her, it's her saying the fucking dumbass thing of like, you can't kill anyone when she's killed trillions of people over the, over the past or whatever. And it's the, again, you want to talk about neoliberalism. It's the most like thing of like, uh, well, we can't kill the people who are trying to kill us. That makes us just as bad as them. It's like, eat shit. Like, history is full. Like, you know, you literally had demons of the Punjab and stuff like that. History is full of times where, like, people had to, like, take arms to protect themselves from people who would fucking put the boot heel down on them. And that right. is literally what the Daleks... The Daleks are a metaphor for Nazis. <laughs> they had always have been. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, and then it's perfect... Oh, but yeah. Uh, but but the and so the doctor but like even when like like they set that up they immediately undercut it in the very next episode with the doctor saying like I actually whatever killing is fine and in the episode where she brings that part up Graham she never is the one who tells Graham like oh who like establishes with Graham like ah you can't do this like there's never any scene with them together Graham is all by himself in that room with that gun and just decides to do the the quote unquote oh. right thing by shooting no, Kim Shaw in the foot actually where she was like i you will not travel with me and i will take you home and he's like sure you yeah no no sure yeah like there's he's that like, scene all right. on. But I'm, and he just ignores her and she's like and she just ignores but him but, done, and she walks away like i was like all right well whatever i can't i'm not going to literally i'm not going to do anything i have fucking venusian judo or whatever i can literally knock you out with my pinky finger that is a thing i have established i can do on this show in she's this so season. inconsistent she's so inconsistent because they, she's not a real character. Like, they, they have no interest in writing her as a real character. Yeah. Like, she is a prop yep. for Graham's, like, the, the story about Graham's soul, basically, throughout the soul <laughs> season. And it's just it's so heavy on exposition, dialogue, mm -hmm. plot point, exposition, and over-explaining everything to the point where, like, uh, there's no there's no weight to anything she says. And and then, of course, we've all talked about no. Yaz whatever. So whatever, I yeah. will take a year off. Hopefully they figure out what the hell they're doing and they come back better next year. Cause but I know what we're doing. A lot we're of gonna to we're gonna stay together. We're still gonna be doing some fun episodes this year. We we don't want to go a year without talking to each other. I know these these long uh, silence silence uh, podcast feeds are a bummer, but we will we will definitely be put publishing some stuff. I'm in the process of taking all of our podcasts and posting them to YouTube. So every episode of the Lonely Tardis will be up on YouTube, starting with the very first one. I think we'll do that in the off uh, the off peak here. Um, and then we'll do some, we'll try to get, you know, at least I'd love to do something at least once a month with the group. We'll figure out something, but like I said, the next episode, uh, potentially next week, if not the week after, um, depending on our schedules, we want to hear from, from you guys, from the listeners and oh, tell yeah. us, tell us what did you feel about this season? Like I said, at Lonely Tardis, LonelyTardis.com, the Lonely Tardis Facebook page, us individually, Marcus is somewhere floating around there. You can find me at Dolly Demofsky. Where can we find you, Steven? You can find me at fanbite.com. That is fanbite with a Y on the bite, uh, where I am the managing editor. We just uh we've been putting up some really interesting stuff actually post um holiday season, I guess. Uh now that we're kind of in the slow season, we're kind of allowing ourselves to put up a lot more interesting content. We just mm -hmm. had a fantastic article by Merrick Kay, uh, who's a tremendous writer about Waluigi and uh, trauma and uh, control. And it sounds like a joke, but it's actually got some really interesting uh, stuff in it. And we'll have a lot more articles like that in the coming months as we wait for more video games to start coming up. 
Excellent, excellent. Sean, where can we find you? Uh, the easiest place is probably on the Twitters at Sean Norton, S-H-A-U-N-N-O-R-T-O-N. And that's it. Thank you, everybody. It's been a it's been a season. <laughs> it has been a season. We will chat on the next episode of Lonely Tardis. We love you guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. Hope everybody has a healthy, happy, oh, and happy new year. Wonderful new year. It's a fresh start for a lot of people. It um, definitely is. I know yeah. it is for us here, and I know there's some big things planned for everybody. So I hope everybody has a wonderful year, and we'll talk to everybody really soon, I hope. Yep. And I hope Dr. Who's resolution is to be better. Bye. Bye 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 bye